All right, Inappropriate Earl is in the house. We're on Instagram Live right now. Let's uh, address a controversial subject right off the gate. Uh, Daddy is not on the iTunes charts right now, not because of hacking, but because I used a rat song and uh, someone complained. So the situation is resolved. It's just going to take a few days. You'd think rat would not be the demise of my podcast, but uh, apparently you can't play a song for longer than 15 seconds. So there you go. But it is still on iTunes. It's just not in the charts. So some of you haters are going to have to just find something else to glom on to, you fools. Today, I have one of my favorite people in comedy. She's a hot chick, but she's funny. Sometimes the two aren't mutually exclusive. Put your hands together for the one, the only, the favorite daughter of the comedy store, Chelsea Skidmore. Hi. You know what's so funny is that you have like these brass knuckles on your mic. Marilyn Manson has that as well on one of his mics. These did you are know my, that? I did not, but I'm sure we got them from the same person. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he also has an he has like different attachments that he has on his mic, and one of them is yeah, the brass knuckles. That's cool. These are the only known sponsor of inappropriate Earl. Speaking of Rat, the singer from Rat, Stephen Piercy, has a company called Mike Knuckles. Ooh, and he gave me a few pair. And you chose pink with rhinestones? Yes, this is what they call the twisted sister model. Love it. And, uh, you know, it's just something cool. And, you know, sometimes when I have a big show at the comedy store, like the main room, I'll, I'll slap them on the Do mic. Do you? Every now and then. Does anyone say anything? No, they just look at me like, what, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> but I like to stand out. Yeah. Because I don't think my material is going to make anyone go, wow, what was that joke about? Is that what's the flamboyance? Yeah, leather pants, the jackets. I've got a custom-made jacket I'm picking up Monday. Uh, oh, that jacket that we had talked about on my podcast? Yes. Wow. Uh, Brooke was a little sick, and she had to make a few pairs of pants for Slash. Uh, you know, Slash takes priority. Uh and uh, so I pick up that jacket Monday and then... Uh, Just pick, in time for fall. Yes, the Halloween uh, and a pair of leather pants, tight leathers. Because I'm all about, uh, you know, I'm like the kiss of comics. I like to, I'm not going to tell jokes that people are going to go, that's an amazing joke. <laughs> but they'll laugh. Just, you had an AIDS joke that was really funny. I feel like you haven't done it again. I remember it. Well, AIDS jokes can uh, really turn a crowd. It's, and I feel bad, to be honest well, with you. Well, the time is different, too, now. Well, it's also Jeff Scott, the piano player, has HIV, and he doesn't care, no. I don't think. I have an AIDS joke he's laughed at before. I mean, so I always feel a little self-conscious when he's on the piano. I'm like, well, I don't want to offend him. I'm sure it's not the funniest topic for mm -hmm. him to hear people joke about, but I love him. He loves me. Uh but I still, it's like respect. I yeah, love. that's so, nice. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, so uh, you apparently, you know, you always like call me out for my bed sheets having stains on them. Oh, so nasty. Okay, so my mom listens to every one of my podcasts. I keep telling her to stop, but she she continues to listen to them. And she heard our episode talking about that. 
And she goes to me, so I listened to your podcast episode and I know what those stains are on your sheets. For those of you, uh, and by the way, what is your podcast so people can uh, listen to it, subscribe to it, review it? The Chelsea Skidmore Show. Uh, it's very funny. It's done at the Comedy Store. She has a lot of great guests. She's Ben Stein. David Wayne tomorrow. Who's David Wayne? Wet Hot American Summer, Wanderlust. Oh, wow. The guy who wrote and directed all those. And we're going to get you Tom Green. Yeah. You know, just, uh, you know. Waiting on that. Well, you would think that uh, it'd be fairly simple to get some mm -hmm. of these people. Like, it took me four months to get the singer from Rad on here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just mm -hmm. like, I think once they figure out they have to go to you, and even though, like, in your case, it's the comedy store, you'd think that would help. Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, yeah. But, you know, there's, oh, I have to drive there. Yeah. So, well, anyway, so my mom goes, um, I know what the stains are from. She was like, they're bleach spots. And I was like, yeah, they're not, but okay. Isn't that fucking weird? Well, for those of you wondering what the hell we're talking about, I once did a short film with Chelsea and Leah Lamar. And I had a nice John Varvatos jacket on. <laughs> And I said, hey, is there anywhere I can put my jacket while we film? Because I had to put on a policeman's outfit. And she's like, oh, just put it on my bed. And I walked into her bedroom. It's got a great place. We actually live on the same street. Yeah. And this bed was blue sheets, but looked like, like zebra stripes were on it. And I was trying to figure out what, you know, it took me a second to go, oh, my God, that's cum. <laughs> And I don't know if it's hers, her lovely husband, who's been on this podcast before, Stephen Randolph, mm -hmm. or probably both. But I, needless to say, put my jacket on the floor. <laughs> so gross. Do you get a lot of dust in your apartment? I do. Why do you ask? Because we get a lot of dust in our apartment. I just realized you live on the same street. I don't know where it comes from, but every time we clean the floor, but you're kind of in like a basement kind of, well... Well, I live uh, one, a couple it's a blocks duplex. below you, mm. and I think I always have my windows open, so I, I get a lot of dust just from the street because there's always a lot of construction, yeah. You know, in our uh, uh, area, you know, because we live in a great neighborhood where uh, they're ripping down assholes, old apartments. Uh -oh. Well, yeah, they are. Oh, I saw two guys boning the other day on my couch. Did you uh, really? On my couch. Uh, <laughs> on the, where you just walked in the front gate. What? Uh, yeah. Were they, in, but outdoor, they were, uh, outside the gate? They well, were on the street? Uh, no, they, you know, like you walk up the stairs uh, to get into the gate. So they couldn't even make it in the house. Oh, no, they, they weren't, they didn't live here. They were just two dudes from like Rage or Mickey's. What bone. time was it? This is probably three in the morning. I was hoping for three in the afternoon. I've never seen that, but after 2 a.m. out here, it's the real deal. Were they loud? They were hitting it pretty hard. I mean, this oh guy, my God. the bottom was just getting rammed. And wow. I'm like, I'm like, hey, guys. Uh, so you walk by them. And well, the guy wouldn't move. I'm like, guys, I live here. And the guy just looked at me like, yeah. So I had to like. Oh, my God. Scoot behind the guy. Like you were the problem. Yeah. You're like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but that happens to me a lot here. I've seen guys when I'm walking my dog late at night, like jacking off in the bushes. Oh, my God. And they'll look at me and go, what? Like, I'm the yeah. dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought the comedy store was wild. Living on Larrabee is a hundred times wild. Yeah. There's a lot of like drunk, crazy 
people, a lot of people on drugs, um, people like foraging around in our garbage. But you're more in the straight because you lived, well, you know. Uh-huh. Up the hill? Uh, up the hill. And so that's more the straighter, I think, area. Really? Well, it's crazy because I feel like the meth I feel like it's more of an epidemic here and it's gotten to be more of a problem. There's a lot of crazy homeless, like people on drugs. And I see it so much more than when I first moved here five years ago. And it's making me almost not want to live here. It's a very convenient location, but I do think West Hollywood is kind of lame. I'd like to live on the East side in like a cool house, but whatever. I just feel it. Have you noticed that it's gotten to be like kind of a lot more crazier this and i'm only talking about people on drugs with mental illness walking around on the street being crazy yeah not stand-up comics we have to work with uh, <laughs> well i think in our neighborhood i have noticed that beverly hills which is to the west they push them east they, i mean beverly hills they don't fuck around like yeah you never see homeless people there because they no. boot them and they kick them this way and then the russian area uh, the Russian Jewish area, like Fairfax mm -hmm. and Santa Monica. I know I'm getting a little local for out of town people, but the area to the east of us, they kick them west. Mm -hmm. So we're like in the bullseye of like. We got to kick them south. <laughs> well, that would be, uh, yeah, I guess we could do that. Yeah. But I think they love it here. You, you know, it's just, I mean, I see people shitting. I gave, I was walking Lois one night and it was freezing. It was, like a couple months ago when it was really cold at night and I had my roast battle hoodie on and I didn't mind giving that away. So I gave it to this homeless That's guy. Nice. What, Did he, he was, ask for it? No, he was shivering. Yeah. Like he was sleeping, but he was like, like he was having an epileptic seizure. Wow. Like he was so cold. So I gave it to him. And then the next day I saw him wiping his ass with it. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my God. Right on the logo battle. too. Battle. Yeah, battle. Hey, yo Moses, who's on the battle tonight, son? We got Earl. This motherfucker be crazy. Uh, I just did that podcast last week. The Rose Battle one? Yeah, you know, I thought I'd, you know, mend some fences. Uh-huh. You know, I, I don't think I really helped my cause. <laughs> just did like an hour and a half promo on the show and everyone I don't like, so. Yeah, well, I'm sure people miss you. Yeah, but I don't, uh, you know, uh, I, I mean, I miss what the show, the show did a lot for me. Mm hmm but I don't really miss uh, a lot of drama around that show. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're lucky you never really got it. You'd be great at it. You know, it's not like it just doesn't appeal to me. It just doesn't. First of all, like I there's so much people could say about me. And it's like I don't want to be shamed in front of a room full of people for everything from my past. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're hot. Like, so they can't at attack your looks. I have an overbite. I don't think too many guys are going to mind your overbite. If anything, it might help with their fantasies. <laughs> right. um, uh, but like, so they can't attack your looks. I mean, what it, it's... They, I don't know. Either way, though, it, there's something like just so dorky about me. And it's just very like, it's such an open mic scene to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... I love Moses. Oh, he's great. And, you know, and we've we've laughed about the fucking show together. I, I, I'm not going to say it on on air i'll tell you after but uh yeah you know what i mean like even he doesn't really take it that serious he's but like I mean, it's a fucking game show i don't care you know what i mean it's a reality show that i but um, i'm glad everyone you know who does it and like who loves it and who's good at it like I, i'm so glad that they have that and that's awesome i just don't think it's like for me well i think a lot of people think it's going to make them stars and 
it's like I said last week on on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like even Moses has to. He's the face of the show. Yeah, he is the show. Yeah. Well, it's like if you don't, it doesn't mean you're a good comic. That's oh, the, no. that's the issue. If you a lot of people like um, think that you know roast battle and stand up is like the same thing. But I mean, like my point is like even Moses has to still audition for stuff and yeah, like you know he's still going on. Uh, you know, uh, after a lot of famous comics, it's not like he's bumped in front of Dalia now or whatever. Right. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I've done shows. If you've ever done shows with roast battle comics, it's most aren't that good. Yeah. To be honest. I yeah. Mean, but like, you know, there's a few who are. It's like, not why I came here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But like, you know, you've done shows with Roast Battle Comics where it's like, oh boy. Yeah, better, yeah, I've hosted Potluck. You better hope Roast Battle goes on forever, Chief. Cause, yeah, yeah. But let's get to you. <laughs> where did you come from, Chelsea? Because I don't think a lot of people know, like, because you're pretty quiet. You're on the QT. QT? Yeah. You're quiet? Yeah. Like, no one knows a lot about you. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know where you came from. Really? I'm from New York. Um, I grew up in Westchester, the suburb outside the city in a small town called Irvington along the Hudson River. Um, And then I went to college in Hawaii uh, right out of high school for my first three years. And then I finished and lived in Manhattan for like six years until I moved here. And what got you into... Uh, wanted to do stand up. I've wanted to do stand up my whole life. Um, but a big, you know, a big part of my story is that I was addicted and, you know, I was a drug addict for a long time. So, you know, I, I was partying, you know, I started drinking when I was 10 and I didn't get sober until I was 25. And I would, you know, from like, 16 to 25 literally all i did was party i wish i started earlier but um it wasn't until i got sober that um you know when i was 25 i think i started ucb did that for two years and then i finally got into stand-up i've just been doing it for five years but um but yeah i'd always wanted to do it i can't like i i I can't remember how old i was or like what sparked me like i remember being like 10 maybe and seeing George Carlin on TV. And that was probably my first introduction to stand up. And I was like, what the fuck is this? You know? Um, and I've always liked, uh, trying to like get an effect out of people and like push the limit sort of like, you know, I was a troublemaker growing up, but it's like an eighth grade. (laughs) I have this whole, (laughs) I was the class clown in my yearbook. So I think I was always like, you know, I always wanted attention and was like being a little asshole. Um, Tom Green, you know, like we talked about, uh, was like a huge influence on me when I was younger. And I would do like, I had this whole obsession with like fucking with people. So I don't know what it was, you know what I mean? I've always been like trying to get attention from like, um, trying to get a rise out of people sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, we all do it for attention. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have one of my favorite jokes about, uh, I don't want to, which one? And the punchline is like, it's not your pussy. It's 
Can you tell the uh, joke? I mean, I, I you, yeah, I dated this guy who was so mature. We were having sex, and he actually said to me, "That's my pussy. I own that pussy." I was like, "No, that's everybody's pussy. You have to learn to share the pussy." I wrote that joke before I even started doing stand up when I was high on coke one night, and I told it to my friend, and he was like, "You have to remember that," and I brought that back in. Like, it, I mean, drinking at ten seems to be a bit of a young young age yeah. to start. Like, can I ask why? Uh, because yeah. I've never had a drink in my life, so I don't... That's so crazy, but I always I think it's very cool, too. Well, I, I, you know, I don't even like the smell of alcohol. Like, anything I... Like, energy drinks are, mm. like, my alcohol. Mm -hmm. I've already had three today. <laughs> uh, but did you grow up with, like, parents who were drinkers? Yes. Maybe that made you not want to drink? No, really, it wasn't that at all. Uh, I mean, my dad was a serious boozer, and then yeah. he just quit cold turkey. Like, wow. no rehab, no, he just quit. Uh -huh. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've had some family members with, uh, you know, alcohol and yeah. substance uh, related issues. Mm -hmm. But I anything I put in my body, I have to enjoy the taste or the mm -hmm. smell of. Mm -hmm. So like when I see people at the comedy store, like drinking shots, I'm like, this smells disgusting. So weird to me, people who take shots like over 30 years old. Well, it's like, dude, you complain <laughs> about having no money, but you're here spending probably. Yeah. A hundred bucks a night. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. Like I remember me and Steven, like last year we took a trip to Tulum, not a big deal. You know what I mean? And like a bunch of people from the store who drink there every night came up to us and they're like, how did you pay for that? They're like, stuff isn't adding up. It's like, it, we just saved our money. Like you could do the same if you just weren't spending it every night drinking. Right. And, but like at, at the age of 10, like I, I was probably getting oh. into fucking well i was in sixth grade i was i'm young for my grade because i'm born in october um but yeah uh it was like normal where we grew up um i mean like you know everyone was like having keg parties in the woods and all that kind of stuff that's like it was just normal to drink and smoke weed and then you know, like our parents always had alcohol so me and my friend just like stole it from our parents and drank it and yeah it, i don't know it was just really normal where i was from and so you weren't, I mean, I guess nobody drinks for the taste. No, we were drinking to get fucked up. <laughs> Fair it was enough. fun. Yeah. I don't know. That's like all. Yeah. And then when did dudes come into the equation? I mean, I would imagine if you drank at an mm -hmm. early age, you were, uh, you know, uh, sexually uh, curious at an earlier uh -huh. age than most. Well, it's funny. Like people, I feel like wouldn't guess this about me, but I feel like I was slower than most people right. like kind of prude but not really like i don't know i had my first kiss when i was in seventh grade and i didn't have sex until i was 16 but that's but that young. was i know but that was later than everyone else that i know like everyone had all my i was the last one of all my friends to have sex like they were like fuck they were like having sex in the bathroom at school and i <sighs> yeah and i i don't know i I don't know. I, I felt like I was like the last one, but yeah, I, um, this is, I, okay. So starting in when I was in ninth grade, when I was 14, I was like a really bad, like I would get just wasted. Like I was deuced out. Do you know those terms? I, I don't, but explain it to, I can't I, tell if these are like East coast terms, but like deuced out, like deuced out is like when you drink so much that you're just like, Right. Yeah. So like I would always get the most drunk and, you know, I would drink like two forties or something and I was really skinny. I was also anorexic at the time. So I weighed like 80 pounds 
and um and i would like pass out and like hook up with like all these different guys but i never like fuck them but i would make out with like four guys in a night and i do remember i let like two guys finger me in a night when i was like 14 i mean these are like 14 i mean this it was like sad you know what i mean well i mean i'm like i have such a uh i think guys who do that stuff to young girls are fucking well they were my age yeah but but yeah i felt like i was like passed around and i would always like throw up and then one of the guys said to my friend they're like can you at least like make sure she brings a toothbrush (laughs) isn't that funny it's kind of sad though i wrote all this in my step work for (coughs) AI. and then when did you start to be like sexually active yeah so um I I had sex when I was 16, but I didn't really like have a boyfriend or anything. I didn't really have sex. I think I only had sex one time in high school with this one guy. Um, And then when I went to college in Hawaii, when I was 18, I had sex with like two guys and then which were like nothing. And then when I met my boyfriend, um, that's when I feel like I like learned how to have sex. He was nine years older than me. Which I thought was like, which is kind of like weird, but I guess like 18 and what, 27. I mean, I'm but not, that's really, not as bad as you. I'm not you really know? one to talk about age. Difference. Well, I think back now and it's like kind of weird to me, but maybe that, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I, I have a black and white view on that. If it's legal, yeah. it's legal. Right. Like, I mean, you know, the situation I think uh, everyone knows with me was a 27 year age difference. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, she was so cool that I never thought I was dating a 19 year old. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, you know, nine years doesn't seem like very much to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think back on it now when I look at like pictures of myself looking so young, but then he looked young too. Whatever. Anyways, so that's when I basically started getting fucked. <laughs> I hope my mom's not listening to this. Oh, she will. I'm going to uh, send her no. a direct link. But your mom knows the deal. Yeah. I mean, she know. like, have they, uh, has your mom heard your uh, comedy before? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she the, knows who I am. Right. Yeah. So I just when don't you, want her to. It's like, just stop. I mean, because when she hears like the, that's my pussy joke, she must be like, Jesus, that's my daughter. Um. No, she, I don't think she thinks anything of it. I think she gets it. I'm just trying to like set this up for my own. Because you're a fairly, uh, I don't want to say dirty, but. I am. I'm a dirty comic. And like, how is that being a hot chick doing dirty comedy? Because I would imagine like uh, if I were with a date and you came on stage, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to laugh to piss off my date. The date's not going to laugh because yeah you're gonna be hotter than Mm -hmm. her so it's a weird you have uh, the odds stacked against you almost as soon as you walk on stage yeah and i will say this like every time i ever have felt like i've been done up with like my makeup done or like my hair done or i'm in a hot outfit like looking good i i generally do not do well and i and i hate saying that because i really want it not to be true and i don't want to like set this like negative idea for myself but every time like i pretty much do the best when i'm in a t-shirt and a t-shirt and jeans you know and so that sucks for one you know but that i can't ever like be dressed any cuter than you know something like pretty general um and you know as long as i'm self-deprecating in my sex jokes i feel like 
then it works. But I can't do any jokes commenting on my looks because I lose the crowd. Because it's, it's not the same for men. But I can't do any like I'm cute jokes or else like they're like, I fucking hate you. Well, no, and you that's have, fine. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, you have model looks, which is great. But it's also uh, I think in stand up, it almost pays to be weird looking. Like, yeah, it does. And it's like, you know, certain people like Chris is, you know, people think he's like a good looking guy. Um, but he's pretty silly on stage. So he like gets away with it. And I think it's like finding that balance. You know, you can't be like too cool if you're attractive. Like, I mean, Matt Broussard and Chris yeah. are about the only two, at least men that really pull mm -hmm. it off. Like Men get away with it. I think more than women. Cause I think people are just automatically judgmental against women. Cause women will be like, fuck that bitch. Who do you think she is? Who does she think she is? And then a guy will be like, I want to fuck her. And either way, they won't be listening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, a guy like Lachlan Patterson's another guy. He's I know the name, but I don't know what he looks like. Canadian comic. Very, very good looking. Uh, but most male comics are look like they came off an Amber Alert billboard. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, you know, cause there's not that many like model quality. I mean, women. there's definitely, you know, you know what i like i, I mean there's you there's uh vanessa's pretty oh vanessa's pretty but then you know you have like amy schumer who's like she's hot yeah like, that's my type yeah but like i don't think she's so physically you know what nikki glaser i think is very pretty yeah. and she dresses hot and she I, and she does well Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, she gets away with it. Jessamay Peluso is very uh, yeah. attractive. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know what I hate? It's like, okay, I, I don't get into it. I don't want to bash pretty funny women, you know, but I took that class five years ago because I really wanted to do stand up. I needed something to motivate me. You know what I mean? Right. And it definitely helped me like stay on track and and, you know, it helped me push myself forward. But what I think is like really shitty about the whole, and every once in a while, you know, they'll have me on shows, Lisa Sunstead. But I think it's like really shitty. She forces you to dress up and wear dresses and skirts. And like, she puts it in all of her emails. And I think that's really shitty. Um, first of all, like, I don't think you should tell anyone what to do and like how to dress, but like you definitely shouldn't. Yeah. Find a better angle. Um, <laughs> no, no, I was getting a little blurry. You're so hot. My, uh, iPad, uh, screen is fogging up. My fear is you saying that and people are just washing, just wanting to bash, you know, like, but, but they, they they, they probably whatever. will. This is a good group. My fans are relatively respectful, but mm -hmm. like, and I'm not the one I don't, I actually don't like, I think I am attractive, but like you're hot. You I don't know think I'm it. like so fucking hot. I think I I don't know. I feel like I'm getting older. Well, yeah, we're all getting older. I know. But I mean, I, but you got to maintain the brand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, totally. You can moisturize. I like. I'm I'm completely natural. Mm -hmm. No Botox. I love filler. I haven't gotten it in a while. It's expensive. I used to be able to afford it. I can't so much anymore. But I can't wait till I get some paychecks. But I don't. That shit's dope. Well, where do you get where I've I, gotten it in certain I've got it like in my lips. I love getting it. I, I but it's gone now, but I just love the way it looks because I have small lips. I have a new joke about that, too. It's kind of funny. Um, You know, I've gotten Botox before, but it, I look crazy when I get it. And I, everyone does. I want to get it again, though, but I look crazy when I get it. I've got it only twice in both times. It's been a problem. 
What, I mean, but you don't have any fucking wrinkles. I do on my forehead. Everyone does. Mm. Mm. I don't know. It's just fun. All that stuff's fun. But it goes away really fast. It goes away in like less than, it goes away in like two months. Did you get it after you started doing comedy? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Why? Because you, oh my God, I have to look young in this business. I mean, it is a It young- wasn't about looking young. It was just enhancements. I mean, everyone in LA does it. It's almost weird if you don't. I mean, it's- every girl I know does it. Like, I'm, you know, you'd be surprised. Like a lot of these girls who you think are so hot on Instagram, these fucking hot model looking girls, a lot of them all have shit done. Oh yeah. Uh, but y- you know, and I'm then leaving they- some stuff out cause they're secret. And then they secret get into stand up. <laughs> yeah. And they suck. But anyways, so yeah, I, I don't think like girls should dress slutty, especially if they have like slutty i mean um yeah especially if that's the kind of material that they're doing because it's just lame like just dress normal i want i want people to hear my jokes so just you know dress in fucking jeans and a t-shirt and do that go up there and do stand-up you're not going up there to fucking meet someone you know but then you know i've seen her lineups and i don't know her so it's not personal mm-hmm. like you know it's like instead of pretty funny women have dudes on the show to just have funny people like yeah. i don't well, it's like her whole thing. I don't know. I don't want to bash her because she's been very nice. Oh, no, me. I'm not bashing no, her either. You're not at all. I I feel like I was and I'm sorry. I, d- I don't want to because, you know, she's nice. But like, I don't I don't think that I don't feel confident if I'm in a skirt or a dress on stage. Because you feel people are just or like at- a cleavage top. It's just like, I don't know. It's just not the place for it, you know? But see, I'm the opposite. I love mm-hmm. wearing tight leather pants. and But it's different for a Yeah, dude. it is. It sucks. You know, you know, some people wouldn't agree. Like, I know Amy Schumer only performs in, like, dresses and heels. And, like, that's cool for her. But, like, I would not feel comfortable. Yeah, like, I mean, everyone's different. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it depends what kind of comedy you do, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to do political jokes and your tits are popping out, you don't know. I mean, I don't take people seriously dressed like that. If I walk into like a show and there's like a slutty, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but like I know some girls who, you know, wear shirts with their tits popping out every single time they're on stage. Well, and like, I mean, just I don't take you seriously. Well, I laugh at the girls uh, who don't get taken seriously as comics because they have their their junk out and then they get bummed out that people don't take them seriously it's like well look at the presentation you're giving like i'm mm-hmm. not taken seriously but i understand why i'm in leather pants i don't and- think that people don't take you seriously but i mean like i don't think people most people talk about my outfits versus my jokes but mm-hmm. like i look at my pictures and go okay well i'm in leather pants and a kiss shirt <laughs> yeah. of course they're going to talk about that yeah uh, but like you know with some of the female comics who th- put their uh, put their uh, bikini pics on Instagram or mm-hmm. which I used to have a problem with and I had to stop that. Well, why did you that? have a problem with it? Okay, so when I first moved here, I lived with um the super hot chick uh Zita Voss. Do you know who she is? Uh, I don't. Okay. She's, you know, she models, she's hot and um 
you know, I moved here because I wanted to do comedy. You know, I started out of the groundlings, but I knew, you know, I wanted to do stand up and stuff like that. And um, she was like, oh, you need to get followers by posting pictures. You need to do shoots with photographers and um, put photos of you in lingerie and stuff on your Instagram. And that's how you get followers. And that's how you'll get fans. She's right. I know. But like, OK, that's not who I am now. But back then when I was not working as hard as I am. I wasn't, you know, I was in a place where I wanted things to be handed to me. I didn't want to do the work. I I was entitled and Why were you like that? Um I think just like society or like how I, you know, I I was a very different person growing up until I turned 16 and went through puberty and then I just changed. Like before then I like truly did not give a fuck what anyone thought of me. I was very like open, very silly. And like, you know, I I was like my best self I'd say. And then I went to boarding school in Switzerland when I was 15 because I got caught doing Coke at school and I went for a semester and I came back and I looked like a different person. Like I had been anorexic before. So now I had put on, 20 pounds. I grew boobs. My hair was dyed blonde and like I had style and I just look completely different. And everyone's like, Oh, now you're hot. Now you're hot. And it like got in my head. And I think like, I felt like guys didn't like me before. And like, you know what I mean? I just like, I just felt affected. Then that show, the simple life came out and I was like influenced by Paris Hilton. And like, I was like, Oh, people think she's hot. I'm going to act like an idiot. I'm going to dress like this. And like, it just worked for me for a while, you know? So I kind of just went about my life just kind of like, and then I just started partying. So I just didn't care. So I just cared about like looking hot and doing drugs and like being a party girl and being like a fun girl. But like, you know, inside I, you know, am a creative person who's always loved writing and who wanted all this stuff for myself. But I think that, um, sorry. Um, it's all good. But I think that, you know, I, I think I was living in fear for a long time. So I just took the easy route. So I just got used to, you know, I was a stripper for three years. Now let's get into that. Yeah, we can get into But anyways, you know, I was, I was a different person. I wasn't ready to do all the work. I had to grow up. You know what I mean? I mean, do you think you were entitled? Because, I mean, listen, let's be honest. As a hot chick, you know you can get any guys Yeah, I was just getting a finger. ton of shit. I was getting a ton of shit. You know what I mean? I was, you know, I didn't have to wait online to go in places. I got free drugs, free, you know, partied. I, you know, went out with like the best people. Uh, you know what I mean? It's all lame, but this is like early 20s stuff that like seemed like it was cool. Um, so did you think when you got started in the stand up, you, you, I'm not saying this was yeah. your game plan, but like you could flirt with bookers, you know, promoters, uh, you know, maybe not have to do open mics and just, No, because I didn't like understand how things worked. Cause you know, when you start out open mics, stand up to you. I don't even know how things work. I, well, I didn't have like, I always knew I wanted to do stand up. I was just, I was terrified to do it. I had always wanted to do it, but I don't know why I was just so afraid. Um, and, um, and then once I was on a stage and I'm like doing it, I just felt like I was already doing it. So I didn't really, I, I never thought like, I could trick my way into things, but I felt like I knew who I was as a person besides all that other stuff. And I was just like, 
I wanted people to take me seriously, but I wasn't taking myself seriously. Right. Which is what, you know, by posting slutty pictures by, you know, and a couple of people. Did we talk about this when you were on? Yeah. Okay. I had a couple of people come up to me, um, Moses, Costa, and Francisco Ramos, of all people. <laughs> it was a random mix of people, but they all came up to me separately. And they were like, why are you posting these photos? And they were like, they were very serious. And you know, when someone says something to you like very seriously, but, and it kind of just like sh sh shakes you a little. And you know, some of my girlfriends or other people were saying stuff like this, but somehow they all got through to me and they're like, why are you posting photos like this? You want to be a comic, right? Like you're funny. I've seen you, like you have something going on, but like, that's not how it's going to happen for you. Like, so you should just stop doing that. Cause no one's going to take you seriously. And like, it just got through to me and I just stopped. I also, um, briefly went to, uh, slaw sex and love addicts anonymous. Um, and like that kind of helped me too with like, it was, it's all like a validation thing, needing validation from people. So I just thought I'm going to get validation instead. Sorry, this is long winded. I'm just going to get validation instead. Um, through my work, I want people, you know, I want it to be through my writing, through my stand up, through my performance. That's how I'm going to get it. I'm not going to get it from shit that doesn't, you know, outside stuff. I want it from like, who, what I can create, what my brain, you know, creates. No, you won't. When you went to sex, uh, yeah, addicts, slaw, slaw, uh, sex, sex I mean, I went to those at Cedar Sinai. You've been, but just because I wanted to meet chicks, <laughs> that's how desperate I was. Yeah, I mean, I was a real desperado, back yeah, a real in the day. piece of shit. I'm just kidding. I, no, I really, I mean, I look when back, was this? uh, it's two weeks ago. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, this was probably. 15 years ago okay, yeah and then i also used to go to cocaine anonymous meetings at cedars because you know those are the crazy chicks sundays at 6 p.m i knew there are people who do this oh yeah like yeah. i've never had you know anything. what's so creepy i was at an aa meeting uh like a month ago and this like real lame guy who was probably one of you know a guy who was there for the wrong reasons he leans over and during the middle of the and he was just like gross he just had gross energy and he leans over my phone's cracked the screen and he goes you're gonna have a new screen by the end of this week and i was like get the fuck out of here but that works on some broads it, yeah it does but like not on like a 30 year old you know what I, I mean? don't know about I that. I'm hung up about the age, but I just feel like I'm such a different person now than I was then. And so I kind of feel like all people are, you know what I mean? You're so different in your 20s than you are in your 30s. And I hate to be one of those fucking female comics who's doing that because I don't have any jokes like that. But do you know what I mean? Uh, well, yeah, I, I agree with you on the age thing. I mean, I look at things I was doing you know, 15 years ago to yeah. get laid. I'm like, oh my God. Well, I think a lot of the shit that I did in my past to me now is just like so gross and shameful that I really want to blame it on age. But I think it's true though. I, yeah. like, I mean, I used to go to King Games, the hockey team, mm -hmm. and I used to dress up in a suit and about with five minutes left to go in the game, I would go in the bathroom. <laughs> I would have a packet of hair gel. I would put it in my hair like I just got out of the shower. And I would walk into the VIP club in the in the forum, and I would tell chicks I played for the Kings. Oh, like you just got done with your game? Yeah. And, and did that work? Oh, I won't say a hundred percent of the time, but eighty percent of the time. That's so funny. But I look back now and go, "What a fucking loser!" Yeah. Just through maturing and going, "Oh." Yeah. 
and now I do great with chicks because I'm like, hey, let's go out. And if they say no, it's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I used to be one of those chicks. Like I used to be like a star fucker when I was younger. And was this when you came to LA or? This is when I lived in New York when I drank. And that's And also, I got a couple of good ones. I mean, I, I'm, well, you know. Out a couple of good A-listers, a few D, of course, but. Well, out of respect to your husband, Stephen, I won't ask who. I'll tell you later. Damn it. It'd be a better podcast if you told I know, me now. I know. No, I get it. It you just don't... feels lame now. I used to drop it on podcast, but now it's kind of lame. Oh, well, yeah, but like, that's the whole point. Like, you're awesome. Like, I yeah. want my fans to know I love well, this Well, I will girl. say like, yeah, you can pretty much walk up to anyone. Okay. So one guy, I'm not going to say who. Um, I'm not you, gonna... you worked at Scores, right? Yeah. I worked at Scores, New York Dolls, and Penthouse. <laughs> you switch around because like originally I worked at New York dolls and then they're like, you're really, I was like the hottest one there. So they're like, you could work at better places. You could it, work at scores or penthouse where, you know, richer guys come in, which actually didn't end up being true. But like scores is like where Howard Stern would go. Um, yeah, that's like the more popular one, dude. So many bad things. Like Nick's so, and Rangers. You know why I stopped working at Scores? No, please tell and take your time telling the story. <laughs> so my dad's friend caught me and told my dad. I was so high on Coke, you know, which was what I I was a huge Cokehead. I was really high on Coke and I was talking to this guy and we were about to get a private room. And I told him I wanted to work in fashion like my dad. And then he was like, who's your dad? Cause this guy worked in fashion. And I told him and this look came over his face. It used to be like his, one of his closest friends for 30 years. I just had never met him, but I knew his name and his like, he used to work together, old business partner. And I was like, please don't tell my dad. Please don't tell my dad. I get out of work. My dad, I have a text from my dad at 4am. You just broke my heart. It was, it was shattering. What did your dad think you were doing? I don't know. But to me, it's like, I think they must've known because how would I have so much money? You know what I mean? And then later, this is even sicker. He doesn't know this. I worked at penthouse and again, I was high on Coke and drunk and somehow got into a conversation where someone found out that, um, you know, uh, it was a friend of my dad's and found out. And, um, he goes, I'm not going to tell, just give me a dance. So I took off my dress and he goes, you look just like your mom. Oh, wow. How gross is that? And he was like a good friend who used to work with him. I mean, that's like the crazy thing is stripping in your, like where you're from. You know what I mean? Now, did you do drugs while you were stripping and drank? Because I mean, I can't imagine uh, yeah, I did. how soul crushing it must be to like, some fat dude is yeah. just sweating mm -hmm. and bald and a big fucking gut. And you got to act like you're kind of, I mean, you got to play the game to get his money, right? Yeah. Like not flirt with him. Oh, but, totally. But like, what, what, what do you, do you just go to another place? Yeah, you do. You um disassociate and disconnect. I, I've never done it sober except for the first time, the very first time when I was 20, I wasn't even 21. I did it underage for a, a while in Hawaii, um, I used a girl's ID who looked just like me and they didn't care at the place. But the first night I knew how bad of an alcoholic I was. And I was like, if I want this job, then I have to um, do it sober tonight. And then once I get the job, I could start drinking. 
So the first time, this is so embarrassing. The first time I did it, I went out. I was sober. The song I danced to was The Dope Show by Marilyn Manson. I come out on stage and no joke, 20 of all of my guy friends, my closest guy friends from college come in and sit down at the stage right in front of me. And when I'm walking out to do my first, I have no idea. Somehow they got tipped off. I have no idea. Somehow they knew I was going to be there. They all come in and they sit right down right in front of me. And I have to take off my clothes and was it nude or yeah, it was nude. And we had the option of being fully nude and Earl. I was, <laughs> I was, you know, cause why not? We're already there. How much money did you make? I there? made a ton of money. Um, I can't remember like the most I ever made in a night, probably like 1500, which 1500? is a lot as a stripper. Yeah. But in Hawaii, so I started in Hawaii and in Hawaii, um, and I never did it outside of college. When I graduated college, I stopped because, um, you know, I was like, I'm never going to do this outside of college because then it's gross. You know, you mean once you uh, once I graduated college, but, you know, it took me six years. So but I would imagine like the uh, like I have a friend of mine, uh, she's in her late 50s and still does it. Yeah. I mean, her body is like for it's like it's such a bummer. Like you really just get over it. But I mean, imagine the cash is so hard to... It's addictive. It's so addictive. Because where else are you going to make $1,500 in one night? If you work yeah. an office job or... Uh, uh-huh. My worst was like 80 bucks, which is like what I make every night at the comedy store. But right. But even yeah. then, 80 bucks is like... Uh-huh. Are you going to make 80 bucks in a night? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you must have gotten some insane offers for... Uh, let's After just parties? Say, um illicit uh, offers of hey what time do you get off yeah and and you know and i and i might have done some of that stuff too yeah, well i mean listen <laughs> some some private strip club parties well no because I, I actually was in this weird thing um i don't even like talk about this but i was in this like weird underground thing called hot lap dance club and it was like this private behind the scenes like lap dance like strip club that they would rent out it was invite only very under the radar they would in it was like eyes wide shut sort of thing but not i've been to those yeah and they rent out like lounges and bars and stuff and then they close it off and it's like behind it's like another it's like behind the scenes so on the outside the building looks like a shutdown restaurant but in the back there's like all these like fucked up it was like a movie. It was something out of a movie. And I was there when it got raided by the cops and, um, and they were filming it. And later that tape was on an episode of Tosh.0, but I wasn't seen. Um, but I was there and we got subpoenaed and we had to go to court, but it ended up or like to some office. I can't remember. It was so long ago, but we got out of it. And then I went again and did it at another, they, they, they would move around their locations like every week. And another time I was there was in like the back of a club, um, in like meatpacking in New York and the cops it ra- got raided again. And I like ran out the back door and didn't get caught. Well, I used to go to those all the time. I, I, yeah, those are seedy because those you're they're not. There's no security watching. You're on there. You're like giving them full on like. Oh, it's there's, you know. there was a guy. There was an Asian guy out here named Anderson Chang, and he was the organizer. Yeah, and uh, like they had him at a Century City restaurant called Russian Roulette. Uh huh. It's a very famous. Uh, like NHL players would go there when mm. they were in town, and they would. Monday nights. They would always be on Monday nights and they mm-hmm. would have it there a few weeks and then they would move it to another like high end restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and uh-huh. they, you're right they would shut them down and then it would basically be a sex club yeah I mean, it was way beyond lap dances mm-hmm. and you'd see like nfl players and yeah i remember once i walked in there i'm like oh my god there's sean rogers he plays on the uh-huh. raiders yeah it's like super shady <laughs> so i mean it's it's crazy like you could drive around the city at any night and go mm-hmm. what's going on in that restaurant yeah, I, it's so crazy that I did all that, but I truly feel like I have enough space from it. And I feel like I'm such a different person now that I can talk about it. But like, it was definitely like really gnarly. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's so many scummy people in this world. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of them are in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously you're a very uh, beautiful girl. I'm sure the executives... Uh, you know, I got me too. And if right. I'm getting me too, I know you're getting me too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, cause they dangle the carrot in front of you audition. Yeah. A role. Yeah. A pilot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you were, um, you have a me too story, uh, mm-hmm. of sorts, right? Uh, do yes. you care to divulge? Um, yeah. So, um, when I first moved here, um, I, now, before you get into this, yeah. this is what they call a teaser. We're going to cut the Instagram live feed. So if you want to hear the Ooh, rest of this story. Okay. Uh-huh. Wait, like does this clip. mean I can take a bathroom break? Do you have to go to the bathroom? I kind of do. I hate oh. to be that person. No, no. You're like, Noel. I would hold it if it was my podcast. You're the only other person other than Noel Leone. Uh-huh. Who, uh, well, let's just say this one before we cut it for the teaser. I can't believe it was happening to me my first week living in Los Angeles. And where can people find your podcast again? Before iTunes, we pause Spotify, it? SoundCloud, the Chelsea Skidmore show. I talk about it in my first episode too. And do you have and leave a review, uh, subscribe? Yeah. I don't think people realize how, uh, how important how reviews yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and find me on Instagram at Chelsea Skidmore. And uh, Twitter, same thing. XOXO Chelsea's guy. God, I wish I could change that. I'll post all the links, but we're going to pause it why, uh, while Chelsea takes a bathroom break. But follow her. She's one of the best. And before you uh, go, let me pause it. And uh, we'll be right back with the great Chelsea Skidmore and her Me Too story. You won't believe who it was with. Or you probably will, to be honest with you. All right, we're back. Uh, now we're on Facebook. We're just we're working at Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I'm no Joe Rogan here. I, I'm just a one man operation. I'm the I'm the little podcast that could. Uh, and we're back with uh, Chelsea. Uh, we had to both take a little bathroom break. We left off at her me too. Uh, I was me too. Fox Studios back in the day. Chelsea, take it from here. Okay, so when I first moved here, um, you know, we were talking earlier about how the importance of slutty photo shoots, how I don't think that's important now, but a friend of mine who I lived with was telling me that I should, you know, take bikini photos, lingerie photos five years ago. And so I was doing a shoot with one of these very popular Instagram photographers who he is actually very good. Um... And, um, so we shot pictures together and I told him, you know, I moved out here cause I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to do stand up, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> I guess I was so funny while I was taking naked photos. You know what I mean? It's like how those people trick you. That's what the guy who me to me, it got me into his office at Fox by saying, you're so funny. And I was horrible yeah. back then. I was yeah. horrible. I mean, I definitely, yeah. 
uh, and whatever. Anyways, so um, I mean, we're all gullible. Like you hear I'm funny. I'm so gullible. I'm very gullible. I'm not stupid, but I can be stupid. But I like to think I have street smarts. Anyways, so um, well, you are. Yeah. So he says, "Oh, um, I'm I'm gonna set you up with this producer." Um, now I'm not going to name the name of this guy, but he produced a movie. That's like one of my favorite movies. And I, it was again, my first week of being in LA and like your first week of being in LA, like you're fully like head is in the clouds. Like you you want the dream. You know what I mean? You want to feel like you moved to LA and you're like going to make it. You know what I mean? I still feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of hope. Um, and I was like 25, 26, maybe. Um, and, uh, and so uh, I met, I met this guy for coffee literally right after that shoot. And, you know, I believe that these guys have their own operation where they set people up with Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Yes. So I meet this guy, I meet the producer for coffee. Um, he says, you know, who would really like you? I think Harvey Weinstein would really like you. And you knew who that was. And I knew who, of course, you know what I mean? Everyone thinks I'm in the Oscar speech. I know who that guy is. So I was like, Oh my God, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, he, you know, he's going to be in town next week. Um, he wants to meet you. And I'm thinking, Holy shit. You know what I mean? I can't believe this fucking guy wants to meet me. Like, this is so awesome. And, um, I text with him. He's going to be at the peninsula next week. <laughs> I bet he is. So, um, I'm, you know, next week I'm going to meet him. He says, meet me in the lobby for tea. I go to the lobby, um, you know, in like the, the like bar area Yeah, to the left. Yeah. To the left where all the whores hang out. I didn't know it yet on Friday and Saturday nights. <laughs> and, um, and he's there. Uh, with like three female assistants and they're all like working on something. He's like, Hey, let's take the meeting upstairs. And I was like, of course. And I was like, damn, you know what I mean? Like private, like I'm a celebrity, you know? And we go up there. So funny. We get in the elevator. He goes, how old are you? And I go 23. And he goes, "Mm, let's try again. I go 26. He goes, that looks about right. (laughs) And I was like, damn. Um, I mean, and it's not so, like he's a great looking guy. Uh, no, he's not. But, I, you know, I didn't know what that I was like, damn, he's thinking about me for something, you know, and we get in the room and um, and we're there and uh, and basically, you know, we're talking. I say I want to be a writer. Um, you know, he says you're very funny. You know, I guess naturally I was being funny because, you know, when you're, you're around someone you want to be on right now, I'm sick and I cannot be on. But um or do I even fucking care about that shit anymore? But anyways, so, um, so yeah, we were just like talking and then he goes, um, I want a massage. Can you give me a massage? And I was like, um, I'm horrible at massages. He's like, well, just try. I'm like, I'm really not good at it. And he was like, okay. And then he was like, went to the bathroom and came back and, um, and then, yeah. And then he like jacked off and like, I thought it was funny it was definitely weird, but it was more of a trip to me. Like, I can't believe this is happening. You know what I mean? Like it it was, it wasn't, you know, five years ago, I wasn't the kind of person who was like, who would be offended by that. I was more just like, Whoa, (laughs) you know, it it, it was crazy to me. And, um, and then he had Jack, you know, and then he finished. He was like, all right, like, uh, we'll be in touch. I'm going to get you like an audition. And I was like, okay. And then I just left kind of being like, whoa, but I wasn't like so freaked out, but we had five more of these kind of things happen between him and me. Oh, really? 
Yeah. And it got increasingly worse, you know, and I'm an idiot for going back. I totally am. But I was definitely like a different person then, you know? Um, so he did end up getting me an audition. You know, he got me an audition for, um, what was that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and he's a boxer? A warrior, I think. No, no, no. I forgot what it was, but, um, he got me an audition for this movie. I didn't get it. Uh, you know, he kept saying, I'm going to get you something really nice in whatever the movie was kept promising me that it didn't happen. Um, I went to Cannes that first year, uh, with a friend of mine who I was dating, who was an executive at Paramount and, um, and I ran into him there and we hung out all night and we partied and like, we had a lot of fun and like, he was being really cool you know? So, and he like took me around to all these parties and, um, and, uh, so I was like, whatever, he's cool. Like I wrote it off. And then, um, he, another time he has me come over and he's like to, Harvey and he says, and this is in LA, I mean, to his house or to the, it's all at the peninsula. And he says, he's back in town. Um, come over and hang out. I get there. There's another girl there. And, uh, similar and looks to you, like, um, kind of, she, you know, she was like a brunette girl who I think was like Hispanic or something. She was cute, whatever. And I think he tried to get us to hook up, but like, I was like, no, I'm not into girls. And then he like hooked up with her in front of me. And I was like, uh, this is fucking weird. And, but I was like laughing. Like it was still like crazy, but I, since I wasn't participating, I felt like on the outside, I left. Um, and then he, uh, he see, he, I, and then I'm done at that point, you know, cause I'm like, this guy's a fucking, you know, nothing's happening from this. This is just lame. Right. So then he sees the movie. Don't think twice the Mike Birbiglia movie. And he texts me and he says, I'm back in town. This is like a year later. He says, I'm back in town. I saw the movie. I want to turn it into a series. Let's talk about it. It's your world, not mine. And in between this, I've sent him a stand-up video, um, which was horrible, by the way, the worst video ever. And he was like, I think you have like a lot of potential. Like if you get a good video, I'm going to have everyone in town, like um, watch it. I'm going to get you representation. Like, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm going to get you like a half hour special, like all this shit. And, um, so all, like we've had those exchanges like in between. And, um, so he says, come over here. It's your world. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll get a writing job, you know? And he's, oh, and in between all this, he's asked me to write him pilots and all this stuff too. Um, and, uh, so I get there and, um, his energy was much different this time, different from all the other times. And also I have grown too as a person. So this is maybe two years from the first time that this has happened. And his energy, um, was, uh, was there was no fun. It was like straight sex addict energy. You know what I mean? Like, so I get up there and, um, he's like, come, come sit over here on the bed. And I was like, no, I'm sitting here on the couch. So I'm like setting boundaries. He didn't like it. He started getting kind of crazy. Um, we're there. We're talking. I was not there for more than a couple of minutes when I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go. First of all, he had me meet him on the roof. Um, and he said, we we're going to hang out at the bar because I told him I'm not going to his room. 
And I, you know, and then I meet him upstairs at the bar. And the second I get out of the elevator, it's he's there waiting for me. He's like, come on, let's go downstairs. I forgot something. And I'm like, Ugh. and he also sold it like we were getting drinks with people, um, like a bunch of producers and stuff. And he's like, come hang out. Like, we're just going to chill. Like, I want you to meet these people. He always like sells it as it's something else. Right. So, um, so he's like, come downstairs. And I'm like, oh. and then that's when he's like, come sit over here with me. And I'm like, no, I'm sitting on the couch. You know, all my clothes were on. Um, and uh, he was trying to like be flirtatious with me and I wasn't having it. So he walks into the other room and he says, come over here. And um, I go over there and he's completely naked standing in front of the mirror. Well, that must have been a sight. Disgusting. <laughs> and he goes... And he's like, just stand here next to me. I said, no, I'm leaving. I don't want to be here. And he grabs me and he like holds me and makes me stand there while he like jacks off. And like, he just has like really creepy energy. And like, I don't want to get fucking sued by saying any of this, by the way. What? Well, I'm Do not you think a I'm lawyer. going to? No, it's true. Okay. He, I mean... All the allegations he has against Well, I didn't make any like um accusations against him. And I did have like one thing, like I told you know, when all this Me Too stuff came out with Harvey, like I did talk to the Washington Post about it and then it got picked up by all these other things. But I didn't like go ahead and like pursue any action against him because to be honest, like I'm busy working on my fucking career. I wanna like I, I don't want any I don't want anything from all of this. I did it and I talked about it initially because it really bothered me when it all came out. Like, anyways, I left and I start. I'm all over the place. After, I love it. After the time he jacks off, he comes on the floor, not a potted plant on the fucking floor so of the hotel. And I left. I like ran out of the room and I got in my car and I cried like his like a crazy cry. But wait, you stayed in his room till he came. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not. I'm, I did. I did. Like, what's the, like he was like grabbing me. Okay. He did. I don't know. I just did. I was like, fuck it. Fine. I mean, I had been beaten down. I was a stripper. You know what I mean? I, I was like, whatever, just come so I can leave. You know what I mean? I stay until the end. I'm a nice person. And, um, and I like was hysterically crying in my car. I like got back to my apartment. I was like on my like hands and knees crying. <laughs> this is the greatest story I've ever heard. Is it? I was so like, it rocked me. And like, but it changed me. I'm not even kidding. Like it, like Harvey finishing on that floor changed me for life. And it, in all these, it was like, I had like almost like a nervous breakdown. Oh, it, I can, I can like imagine. head to toe, like, ner like, like vi body, like vibrating, like hysterical. And it just changed my life. And I was like, I will never fucking do this again. I will never put myself in this position. I'm going to work hard. I'm not relying on people. I'm not believing anything anyone says anymore. And in between all of this, I had other circumstances, you know, with producers and even in business meetings at production companies with people sexually harassing me and being an asshole. And it's like, and it's like, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want anything handed to me. I don't want to be entitled. I want to work for everything. I'm going to do all the work. And like, you know, it was a breaking point. It was a bottom. And, um, and since then, you know, I've had a different life and I've taken a different approach and, and I don't put out the energy that gets that kind of thing, you know, at me. And, you know, I initially talked about it when all this Me Too stuff came out. I like because everyone was talking about it and was like, come forward, come forward, come forward if you have these stories. And I was done after the first conversation and like a lot of news sources like contacted me and my managers to hear more. And um, 
And I just didn't want to because it was kind of like lame. It felt lame and it like it was traumatizing and it brought up like a lot of shit, you know? Um, and now I'm past it. It's been two years, you know, right? Or a year. It's been a year. Um, uh, yeah, I mean. Since all that stuff. And- but I do find it helps to talk about it, uh, you know, because you don't realize that. It, like, you know, I kind of get where you're. I'm not trying to put myself in mm-hmm. your shoes, but like when the guy did what he did yeah. or tried to do yeah. to me, at the time I was like, Oh, this is just how the business is. I, I too. Well, like this is the problem too. Like girls have told me like stuff like this happens, but you get stuff out of it. And like, I was fucking lazy five years ago. I had never written a script. I'd always wanted to write one, but I had never written one. You know, I'm such in a different place now where I sit down and do the work, you know, but like, I, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of girls, um, if they're hot, they're lazy, they're entitled, they're not willing to do the work. They want things handed to them. And it's like, it's just crazy. It's like, you think you're this thing, but you have nothing to back it up. Well, and I also think some people who come out, uh, you know, do it for that, their 15 minutes of fame. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, that was the other thing too. Like a lot of these girls who have spoken out about the Weinstein thing, and I don't want to tear them apart and I'm not going to name names. I'm on this Twitter feed where they at all of us, it's like 44 people, everyone who's involved with the Harvey thing. And I'm constantly on these things. And the girls who speak out the most about it are the girls who don't do anything, who had tried to be actresses, who could they call them, but they don't do anything. And it's like, I don't, I'm tired of it. It's boring to me. Like, even when you ask me if we want, if I wanted to talk about this, it's so boring to me. You well, know what I mean? I get that it was popular, you know, in the news, like a thing to talk about, but like, it's just like a lame story at this point to me. It doesn't have like anything under it. I'm not saying this about you want to talk about it. I'm saying about the people who want to keep Talk. Yeah, but I asked you. It's not no, like you no, came on. Not against. No, I know. I'm just saying about how other people are still talking and talking and talking about it. Well, I I like to, you know. Not about you. Oh, no, I know. Okay. I like to talk about it just because there's more than just Harvey Weinstein out there. Oh, yeah, totally. You I know, mean, so many other people, too, have done similar shit. Oh, just in the stand-up world. Uh, yeah. I, I see it constantly. Yeah. Uh, bookers, not, you know exchanging uh or offering hey if you fuck me i'll I'll get you in at this club really oh oh my god female or male well not too much in the you know i don't think too many uh females bookers of shows are are gay uh that i know of so i don't think the I, i think it's more made toward you know some females saying to bookers hey what do i gotta do uh and and then you know there's some unscrupulous male bookers and runners of shows mm-hmm. who i think uh or headliners really who, who take uh females on the road under the guise of uh, uh yeah 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 you know essentially fuck me and you can open for me yeah i mean like i'm so glad that i had that experience in a way because it all of that like me being okay with any of that stuff left me like years ago, you know? But I mean, you're still going to get like, you know, even though you're married and everyone loves you guys as a couple, mm-hmm. I mean, your husband, Steven, this is the fucking best, uh, but you know, headlining comics, they don't give a shit. Oh, Steve's a great guy. Hey, you want to 
go to La Jolla with me in the open? No one does. I, well, I mean, well, but you're also, uh, you present a uh, kind of a, and I mean, you know, I love you, but like, yeah. uh, you know, I guess when I didn't know you as well as I do now, I thought you guys, this girl's kind of a bitch. Really? I was, kind, I was, much, I was definitely a bitch. I don't think I'm as bitchy though. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying but you I give was, that appearance. Well, Because oh. you're a strong woman. Like, you, you know, you've worked at strip clubs. You've, you know, at the highest end of, of the strip clubs, uh, you know, you've worked at VIP bars and all that stuff. You've you've had to deal with the, the Weinsteins and I'm sure many others. So, you know, you're you have a steel wall, I think, in uh -huh. front of you to yeah. go like you're an open mic or I'm not fucking you. So now that you know that, can I get on your show? Yeah. Uh which might be why you don't get uh sexually harassed as as much as some other people uh, I yeah see. i've never had anyone in stand-up be weird to me well that's weird really uh well because i'm i mean uh most may you know if you notice the thing about bookers of comedy shows in la most of them book shows because they can't get booked anywhere themselves yeah 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 so they're in a position of power mm -hmm. uh, over male and fee i had a guy and who books a show in him at which you can't. I don't know where that is. It's fucking far, uh, but you could clearly tell. He's like, "Hey, can you send me a tape?" I'm like, "For what?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I got to see if you're funny or not, more or less." I'm like, oh, "Dude, I'm not sending you a tape to yeah. play Hammett." Uh, yeah. And so I can imagine if I was a girl, it would have been yeah. maybe a little more like, "Hey, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you want to come out?" And you know, so. Uh, mm. I'm surprised that you don't experience that more. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I haven't. Well, you know, men are pigs uh, yeah. in the stand-up world. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, but it's, and it's, there's not a lot of girls who look like you in stand-up. I mean. Thank God. Well, you know, but you're funny though. Like, you know, that's why some of your early Instagram pics I saw, like, you know, the shit you just did at the Beverly Center in a diaper. Yeah. What'd you think of that? Explain to me because I was a little like, what the fuck am I watching here? Like, that was that more like hidden camera? And like, you you explain it. You recently did some hidden camera stuff at a mall. Yeah, that well, you got kicked me, out of. Okay, so Stephen has a baby costume, and we were talking about hidden camera stuff and how I really wanted to make some videos of me, you know, some prank videos. So. um Prank and camera, all the same shit. Like so, almost jackassy. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, so I put on the baby outfit and went, and I was like, I'm gonna put on the baby outfit. He was gonna film me. Let's go to Target and see what happens. See if we can get any funny shit from it. And that's what we did. And then we put it together. We went to two Targets and the Beverly Center. Beverly Center kicked me out, um, walked me out. But what are they, like when you're in a diaper at the Beverly Center, are they like, what the fuck are you doing? I, I had an outfit that I put over it to like walk around places, but like kind of like halfway into the shoe, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to wear the diaper. Like I was wearing it on the street <laughs> on La Cienega, like walking across <laughs> to, from the mall to the Beverly Center. And were people complaining? It looks like I, I felt embarrassed like it looked like i had mental illness but once the camera was on me i was full of adrenaline and ready to go and who's holding the camera steven yeah and is he giving you instruction um a little of both yeah we both kind of 
I had ideas, you know, and I'm like, just film me, just film me. Because he does weird things. Yeah, well, we were supposed to film one yesterday, um, and we're going to continue to do it, but we were both sick of him dressed in a priest outfit and me dressed in kind of like a slutty outfit in public and seeing, you know, and us kind of like kissing and stuff like via church. Like it looked like he was on his break and getting people's reactions. So we're going to do that one next. <laughs> but don't you have to get people's consent? No. <laughs> I think you do. Oh, some of the people were um, like a part of it too. Like I'd be like, hey, you want to be like in a funny video? Like just give me a reaction. So then we like, we're like, okay, and we're filming now. Because <laughs> I just- saw one girl, it had to be Target where you like, jumped out in your diaper from like a display. And I was like, peekaboo. <laughs> she didn't really see. Did you think it was funny or you didn't get it? Oh, yeah. I got it. I, I mean, I love stuff like that. It's juvenile humor and like that's my favorite type of humor. So, uh, I mean, it was definitely very silly, but I think that, you know, we just wanted to make fun- some funny videos. Now, do you care what other comics think? What do you mean? About like stuff like, like some comics would be like, oh, that's not stand up. No, because like to me, it's not stand up. It's just like making a funny video. Because I know like Kate Quigley gets a lot of shit online. Yeah. Because, she, you know, she posts yeah. like a lot of, uh, yeah. I don't know, bikini Naked things. photos. Uh, yeah. Well. And like, uh, but it's working for her. Like, I don't care what works for someone mm-hmm. else. I respect anyone who hustles. Yeah. I got to be honest. Like, I don't think that. I do the same thing as her. Oh, no, I'm not saying I that. I think it also has to do with intention. I think some people have intention that they want to, want to be hot. They want male attention. They want, you know what I mean? Well, I would imagine, uh, I mean, I guess it depends what kind of attention you want, but like uh, guys want to be around where hot girls are. Mm-hmm. So if you're a... Uh, you know, Vanessa's very hot, but I don't, I don't think she's too... Uh, Vanessa Johnson, the former uh, guest of Inappropriate Earl, like, she's more like you, like, a little more subdued and, like, saying, hey, I'm a hot chick, but, uh, I mean, guys want to be where girls are. Chicks mm-hmm. equals dicks. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think that's why a lot of female comics do well. Uh-huh. Because guys want to be around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, I noticed. I looked on my Instagram and I made it a business account, and I noticed my numbers. Seventy five percent of my the people who come to my page are men. Seventy five percent. But that's great. It's great, but it also kind of bummed me out. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, that, see, I'm the opposite. I want a lot of girls at my show because I know uh, guys want to be where girls are. Yeah. I get the most like message, like fan messages from men. I can imagine, but not even like weird things like say like positive ones. I don't really get like creepy messages because I don't think I put out that shit. Do you know what I mean? I don't put out like, I don't, put like sexy pictures really anymore not anymore yeah i used to have a really big problem with it and like i'll have to like go through even on the way back from our honeymoon like i had to delete a couple of pictures because i was like i i want someone if someone in the industry you know went on my page and were like looking at my page and was like oh she looked you know and saw like some slutty pictures they'd be like she doesn't she's not serious next who's next right right so I don't, I, I kind of try to go through my page sometimes with the filter, having that voice in my head where it's like if someone looked on my page who, you know, was a director, um, you know, a writer casting, looking at my page cause they looked me up and 
saw certain things, would I want them to see that? So that helps me to get rid of certain things. Now, you married a comic. Yeah. A lot of people say don't date comics. You married one. Yeah. Like what? Because, uh, you, you know, we, we've probably dated the same amount of comics before. Like, I've, I've hooked up with a bunch of comics and I've dated a couple before as well, too. And like, I don't have a... I love it. Like, yeah. uh, date who you date. If you like yeah. someone, you like them. So, I mean, like, it's also like, but this is like the world I'm in. Like, I'm not out, like, I'm not out at a bar. Like, there's no other, I don't have any hobbies. Like, I'm not going to meet someone like at a basketball game, you know? That's what I tell people. We're only yeah. around each other. Like, yeah. The problem is, though, with everyone is that they say comics are fucked up people. Well, they are. So that's like the whole kind of issue. Um, but, you know, Steven and me were best friends for three years. Best, best friends. We both dated other people um, while we are friends. We, we know everything about each other. Everything. Um, Did we, you meet at the comedy store? We met at Sal's Comedy Hole at an open mic four years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. And he was hosting the mic and I was <laughs> doing a spot and he was a dick to me. And then he later messaged me and apologized to me. And I was like, who is this fucking guy? And then he like was like, I want to make videos with you. Like, <laughs> I bet he did. He wanted to make hidden camera videos with me. And he asked to meet me for coffee. And we met and we just got along really well. And, you know, took us five years to make those videos. And, you know, and then it just like from there, we were just really close friends. And I didn't even like him. Like he was in love with me. And he admits that, you know, he was in love with me for two years um, secretly. Uh, but to me, we were just friends. I wasn't attracted to him or anything, but I like loved him. Like I remember one time he, um, he dropped me off at my boyfriend at the time's place and we had this like amazing day together. And I like said this, like, it was like a moment in a movie. I was like, I feel like I'm, I'm going to hang out with the wrong guy right now. Right. And he like, and it was like really emotional, like a really emotional moment, you know? And then I like went to go hang out with this other guy when I was like, I'm with the right person right here. Do you know what I mean? Right. So there was like little moments. And then finally we hooked up and it was just like, it was just there, you know? And now we made out. It was amazing. He ate my pussy one time, nine times in one day in the beginning <laughs> of our relationship, nine times, nine times. It was like, but it was like all, it was like from morning to night. <laughs> He just would not stop. Would you say you both might be not sex addicts, but like we both used to go to that program together as friends. Cause you guys seem to like be a very, uh, I mean, you're both very attractive. He's a great looking dude. Yeah, he is. Uh, he lost 30 pounds and got a good haircut. And then like things started changing. <laughs> yeah. He started eating pussy all day. Yeah. But like, I wasn't attracted him before that, but then he lost 30 pounds in the first month of us dating. He what? also had like a chin strap beard. Like I didn't like that. I was like, shave that, get a mustache. Like he changed a couple of things and then I started to become sexually attracted to him. And I'm sorry, but that's what it is. You had a vibe with him. Like you not you weren't necessarily physically attracted to him, but no. like you guys had a good vibe. Yeah, we had a lot of chemistry. And how is married life? Like I said, people most people Do you want to know the last time we fucked? I mean, it probably do asking? well for the pot. No, well, I mean, it happened today earlier before I came here, but we hadn't had. Is that sick. why you were late? No, I had I had to have soup because okay. I'm sick. 
Oh, is that what you're calling? I should probably eat it. Um, but yeah, that did happen today. But just bent over the bed, quick and easy. And so, were you like, "Hey, I got to go to Earl's to do a podcast"? Can it you? wasn't like it just happened by accident. <laughs> okay. Because I'll because I was just like naked, and then I'll like start posing, you know. So just you were horny. Um, I like it's so weird. Like we hooked up so much when we first started dating, like so much, like nonstop. But like once like he moved in and we got comfortable with each other, like I definitely like just wasn't as horny anymore. <laughs> well, that's the way it works. Is it? I know everyone says it. It's so true. Like we really only have sex like twice a week. Well, but I mean, that's that's happened to me with almost every girl I've ever lived with. It's like, you know, you fuck like jackrabbits because you live in different places. Yeah. And, and there's almost like a sense of urgency. Well, I'm not going to see you tonight. We got to get it on now. Or, or you know, you're not going to spend the night. I'm, mm-hmm. But And then you move in. It's like. I think my birth control was affecting me, too, because I like switched birth controls. And then, like, I think it like killed my sex drive. But I just got off it. So we'll see. What does it, um, cause it messes with your hormones. Right? Yeah. I think it was messing with mine. Well, that's probably a good place in the, uh, well, let me, before we let you go, um, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about everything here, warts and all. Yeah. Uh, I've always been fascinated by men who go to strip clubs. Uh, I like, yeah. I like a public service announcement. Well, let me get before we get into that. What made you go to the comedy store? I okay, this is a good story. I always um, was attracted to the comedy store. Um, I remember I went there. I was I was doing Groundlings when I first moved here, and we all went there one night, like a late night. I can't remember who was on stage, um, but I was one of those people who was like talking to the comic. Right. You know, it was a small like there was like no one there. It was probably like Matt Edgar or something, I think, and. Um, and I just like was like, I want to fucking do this. You know what I mean? I, I want to do this. So I just, you know, I stopped doing groundlings so I could do stand up because I felt like I had to focus on just one of them. I want to be all over the place. And um, and um, so I already liked the comedy store and I was like, OK, I want to get a job there. I want to immerse myself in it. I want to work there. Um, and this is so weird, but I was I was getting a massage and in the middle of the massage, I had a premonition that was like go to the comedy store. And I was like, excuse me, I have to go. And I stopped the massage. I drove there. I went to the office. Eric Anderson was working, who was the manager. And I go, hi, I was just getting a massage and had a premonition that I have to work here. And he was like, uh, we're not hiring. And I was like, well, I really need to work here. Like I just had this weird spiritual experience. I have to work here. And he was like, um, yeah, well we're not hiring. And then after that, I think Tommy got fired. Like this is all within like maybe like two weeks. I went back another time and I was like, look, I really need to work here. And he was like, we're not hiring. I got his email. I sent him a meme. I made a meme of me. It was like a headshot. And I wrote like, I would love to take your money. And then it kind of just worked out. Like I I think I probably, I was like relentless. I must've like contacted him like three or four times. And then he was like, okay, come in, get a shirt. Um, so I wanted to work. I was just attracted to the comedy story. It was like, it was the only club I had been to, but I knew it was like the right place for me. Right. Cause you have a darker sense of humor. Yeah. And like how I like to explain the comedy store versus the laugh factory is like the comedy store is like a cool CD strip club. 
um, where you can do lap dances on the customers, where the security guard isn't hovering over your head. Um, it's more rock and roll. Like the laugh factory is like you're a stripper, but you're like doing the lap dances on like a platform, you know, those kind of clubs. Right. Yes, and there's I like do. a security guard, like kind of hanging around, like watching everything. There's no touching. That's the laugh factory. I mean, I explain those places in, in a, like to music bands, like I, comedy stores, like, you know, Motorhead, it's a little yeah. seedy and gritty and, you know, the laugh. G.G. Allen. Yes. And the laugh actually is like the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> like yeah. it's a nice club. Yeah. Improv is a little more uh, rock and roll. And yeah. The laugh factory, you know, it's more like. Uh, I don't know. I was just attracted to it. I also lived right by it. It was just like the place I saw every day. Well, it's just, it's kind of, it does have an energy it that calls draws you. you in. It really it does. Yeah. I've always wanted to be in there before it, the Laugh Factory and improv is great, but it's just something about the names on the wall and you want your name to be on that wall. I want my name on that wall and it won't be there. You know, it's sometime. I mean, you know, I had to wait so long mm -hmm. that it actually worked out that it's on the front of the wall. Yeah. Uh, and you know, they, they need more chicks. Yeah, uh, I know. Funny chicks. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're in a good spot. People love yeah. you. People love Steven. So uh, what's next what's for next? Chelsea? Um, I've been writing a lot. Um, I just, uh, you know, I'm trying to sell a show. Um, so that's what I'm working on. And, um, you know, I, and I also want to write on shows. I really love writing the most. That's like the number one thing that like speaks truest to me. Um, so that and, you know, stand up at the store and you know fucking steven that like for a second time sometime this week you know all, all the same shit i you know acting i i want to be in some shit and just acting stand-up writing continuing that all right well before we leave i want to do like a public service announcement for my fans who go to strip clubs or, or gentlemen's clubs or you know massage parlors you know there's there's because you've seen it all. What are the do's and don'ts of men when they're uh, trying to work the stripper? Because I don't think most men realize strippers work in them. Okay. If you're not, if you don't have any money on you, if you don't want to spend money, if you're not going to get the dance, shut the fuck up. Okay. Because I can't tell you how many times you'll waste time with someone trying to convince them to get a dance. And then they're like, they don't want to do it. So don't even go if you're like, it's so fucking annoying. Those guys who just waste time, they just sit there drinking. They don't want to spend money. You know, you have to know when to walk away from the customer too. But that's- Well, like, how do you know that? Like, because you don't know who has money, who doesn't. Like, you know, at what? I mean, what are like the telltale signs of like, this guy might have money. I just got to, you know, work for it a little bit or- If a guy is there with like a group of his friends and he's like, he, he's paying, he's paying. And he's like- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he's not, he's like laughing, like, like putting it on someone else. Um, if he's like, uh, I don't want to dance right now. I'm just watching. Like, like <laughs> yeah, listen to people, you know, don't, it's like when you're dating someone and they're like, I don't want a girlfriend. And you're like, but maybe. And then like five songs later, you know, five years later, you're single. Um, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, what What are the things guys can like, 
you know, do that might make them... Guys who go in by themselves, usually also, you can count on doing something. The lone wolves. Uh, Yeah, like guys will go in by themselves and they'll end up wanting to get a room or like, like get a bunch of lap dances. Like the champagne room. Yeah, because those are people who like are there for a reason. <laughs> they had come you know in what I mean? Pants. But if there's like a guy who's there with like another guy, like they just want to drink and like be poor. <laughs> right. That when you take a guy back into the champagne room yeah. or, or, you know, isn't yeah. that what they pretty much call it? The champagne yeah. room. Yeah. Uh, like how do you figure? Okay. If, I mean, do you, your goal is to keep them there as long as you can to get more money. But yeah, how do you do that without them coming? Like I, I know I, I've given a guy a lap dance who came in his pants before. He was a Hasidic Jew. And like, but like you want to like, yeah, I've been in the room for a number of hours. You know what I mean? And like what you have to do is like, I mean, Earl. No, I don't. Well, Coke helps. If you're doing Coke with them, then they'll stay. Oh, right. Yeah. You want to get them fucked up. Right. So, so you have just... to be drinking and partying and having fun. And like um, the best thing to do is to spend as much time as you can talking. And then like towards the end, start dancing and like sexual and like maybe like act like something more is going to happen. Um, but how do you do that though? Like, I mean, you see a guy as a boner. Like, yeah. What do you make him believe that you're just gonna fuck him? I mean, this is the greatest podcast. I ever. don't know. I don't remember. A bullshit. <laughs> but I mean, like, how do you, I'm not saying you, but I've I'm, I've totally hooked up with guys in the champagne room. I'm so it it was gross. But like, I wish I didn't. But you must. Have I was made, I was so fucked up. You must have made some good money though. Yeah. And like, how does that, like the guy must. Dude, girls at penthouse had anal. I'm good on guys. that. I know. It was an Egyptian girl. <laughs> I'm sure it was. But I mean, at what point do you think the guy feels comfortable enough in the champagne room to go, I think I can get it in? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it's like you just feel it out. All right. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's like two boxers. You, first round, this you just. like eight years ago. Well, no, I'm not saying, you know, I know, like, I know. I know. Um, I don't, I think like certain places are known for certain things. So like, I know that the penthouse in New York had a reputation for girls, like a hundred percent hooking up. Well, like I know out here, Jumbo's clown room yeah. is, well, it, they don't have private rooms, but I mean, it's known as, uh, you know, maybe the most, uh, accessible to, uh, uh, after hours oh, really? erotic activities oh, versus a place like I didn't know that yeah the girls are so hot say fantasy island on Pico and uh-huh. uh, yeah and, I haven't really been to any strip clubs here I've I don't go a couple of times but I don't really count that well I don't very go fun there well I just like it's like I, I don't I've never really understood the allure of going to if you're a horny mm-hmm. guy and you go to a strip club and you're just looking. It's like it's like going to a bakery and looking at the bagel and you're starving. And just yeah. go, I'm good. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you have to have money. Right. For the bagel or the girl. Yeah. Well, that's a good point to end the podcast. Mm-hmm. For the Facebook Live people, the iTunes people, give us everything, Chelsea. Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, XOXO, Chelsea Sky. A Twitter what name. What is I, that nickname? I've, I've never understood what that meant. Chelsea Sky? Yeah. It's my middle name. Oh. My name is Chelsea Sky. Chelsea Sky Skidmore. 
Okay. I used to go by Chelsea Sky when I moved here. Um, and then I was going to like a lot of industry parties with that Paramount guy I was dating. And people would be like, you need to change your fucking name. You sound like a whore. And I was like, okay. So I just made it my name, Chelsea Skidmore. But I still have the name Chelsea Sky as my Twitter name. Um, the XOXO is like probably... I probably made that name when I was a stripper. Um, and Chelsea Skidmore on Instagram. Podcast, The Chelsea Skidmore Show. Find it everywhere you can find podcasts. And listen to it. So it's on yeah. iTunes, yeah, iTunes, SoundCloud, SoundCloud Spotify. All of them. Stitcher, all Stitcher. that stuff. And uh, go see Chelsea at the Comedy Store. Yeah. Um, and follow me on Insta. She's uh, one of my favorite people. Uh, and Stephen Randolph is uh, the man. I think yeah. it's uh, Steve Randolph 2. 214. 214 now? Yeah. Because his dad took Stephen Randolph 1. They have the same name. But I thought his uh, Twitter and Instagram was Stephen Randolph 2. Oh, shit. You're right. I don't remember, actually. Uh, well, follow Stephen Randolph. He's in a lot of... Uh, You'll find him off my page. Maybe it is too. And where can people uh, find the, the diaper video? On my Instagram, Chelsea Skidmore. Please. It's really funny. <laughs> and uh, when you go to the comedy store, Monday nights, uh, you perform there a lot. Yeah, I perform there Monday and a couple other times a week. And, you know, I post everything on my stories and stuff with my show dates. So Chelsea's the best. Uh, I thank you for coming and sharing your stories. And I know some of them were probably a little traumatic to relive but uh Thank you. you know it just goes to show you there's a lot of uh nefarious people in this business so uh, chelsea was very cool to talk about that stuff she's very funny go check her out at the comedy store and other places long beach uh you're at harvell's every now and then right sometimes i haven't been down there in a while run by the great jelly bean john benitez and uh, Long Beach Comedy on Instagram. See, I'll plug other people. <laughs> Follow uh, Dean Del Rey, uh, uh, Dean Del Rey's podcast, Let There Be Talk. You know, see, I, I plug other people's podcasts. And uh, Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave a review if you have not done so already. Thank you for the love and support. It's been a trying week at the Inappropriate Earl Podcast Center. That is all. Hi.